Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. It is Fixture Day. Gianni, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm very well. Well rested. Um, still feel like I'm I'm kind of in that rest period. But of course, today's a big day. Fixtures are out and therefore, even if it's just for a day or two, I'm again a very engaged FPL manager. And then I will be again when the game is out. So excited to see what, what we saw this morning, which is, yeah, good fixtures for the likes of City and Liverpool, which is kind of makes it quite easy for us as FPL managers, I guess. Yeah, and in some ways, I think you look at the fixture ticker, and for me anyway, those are the clubs that I look... Of course, I look at Spurs first, and I imagine that you look at Chelsea first, and then beyond that, you go, okay, FPL, where are my Liverpool assets going in the opening weeks? Where are my Manchester City assets going? And you kind of start to form a basis for... Well, deciding on what your team might look like based upon the teams that you've kind of had in the back of your head, thinking these might be the players that I want to invest in for the 22-23 season. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like Liverpool's an easy one because we all know we're going to go triple. We're faced with a bit of a dilemma with Man City. Like, firstly, it's really hard speculating over players because until prices are out, oh, sure. it's so difficult to speculate. Like, there will be some gems in there and there'll be some overpriced assets that we think we're going to go with that we end up ignoring. So Man City's an interesting one because historically the template don't like Man City players. Sure, we all go went go Cancelo, but we're scared of them. We don't like the rotation risks. We we've never had that certainty. We've often thought KDB doesn't it doesn't necessarily always go up to his price level. We'd rather go Son or Salah, Mane, whatever. So it's going to be interesting with Man City because seeing the fixtures, we want double minimum, I think. Um, and of course, we've been gifted with Haaland, who's got the most amazing goals scoring record. But is he going to be starting game week one or will he have a couple of games to get the 90 minutes up and running? We need to see preseason form. Oh, absolutely. Now, we're going to have a little look at the fixture ticket now. Apologies, guys, because this is the first time I was just telling Johnny this. This is the first time I've ever hosted a stream. So if this all goes <laughs> wrong, blame as is teaching of me before he left uh, to go on his nice holiday. I think he's having a lovely time. But let's go for this and see what happens. Ooh, there we go. I, I love that. that. I'm going to move my mic slightly further back as well because a few yeah. in the chat said my mic's loud, so I'm gonna, I've, I've backed off a little bit. You, you back off. I probably need to get closer to mine because I can't quite work out why mine's not as loud as it should be. But for those of you that haven't used the fixture ticker on FF Scout, why on earth not? It is my favourite part of the FF Scout members area and we are going to be using it today in our chat about the fixtures and thinking about who's got the best fixtures, who's got the worst start um, and going from there. So I've sorted it at the moment, it's just in alphabetical order by club for the first five game weeks of the season and now as if by magic I am going to attempt to sort it by difficulty. So this will give us then, there we go, the teams that have the best start to the Premier League season at the top. So, Johnny, anything that really stands out to you there? Obviously, Arsenal sitting pretty right at the top. Yeah, Arsenal is an interesting one because... Uh, hang on a minute, I've lost love, my videos now. <laughs> yeah, we, we all love Saka, but he was really affordable. He's going to have you all flopped too. Um, um, 
no worries. Um, no, I guess as long as people can hear me, that that works. We can look at that fixture ticker going out. Um, so yeah, Arsenal like okay. when they sign their number nine. I think number nine will be of interest. We'll <laughs> be back on. We're back. See, I told you it could all go horribly wrong today. <laughs> it's pre-season. It's fine. This is just us. Hey, you know, we're just trialing things. Um, I blame Az. I blame Az too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, Arsenal top of the ticker, but no obvious players. Let's think that Saka's going to be more expensive and we might not want to go there. But if they sign a number nine, which I will eat my hat if Arsenal do not sign a nine before the transfer window closes. And if that nine is a good value nine and it's Gabriel Jesus at 8.5 million, you go, oh, hang on a minute. Or they haven't signed a nine by game weeks one, two or three because the transfer window is still open and Enketia is priced at 6 million and we know he's going to lead the line. Then Enketia becomes a really nice pick. Um, but outside of that, um, Wolves are really high. Um great starts the season for Wolves and there's one or two Wolves assets which haven't necessarily been getting a huge amount of game time i.e. Pedro Neto who I absolutely love he's been he was injured a lot until the end of last season um and Neto is going to be well priced and we don't know if he'll be a midfielder or forward but he's someone I've got my eye on yeah for sure I mean I think going back to Jesus for a minute if he does end up at, at Arsenal then that is almost the perfect pick isn't it for these early parts of the season because he is going to go in the game at a reasonably nice price you would expect um and then there's those really nice run of fixtures and actually if we extend the fixture ticker out which i'll do in a bit the arsenal fixtures remain quite nice for the first eight game weeks of the season so he could be a really lovely option and of course defensively they look all right for investment as well with the fixtures the way that they are yeah and i like Priestley like to look at the fixture congestion that some teams will get. And the teams that missed out on the Champions League, mm. i.e. Arsenal, I look and go, oh, yeah, that's really nice. Sure, they're going to be involved in other European competition. But when they're travelling on Thursday night games to Belarus and Hungary, they're going to be playing the B team a lot, certainly in the group stages of the Europa League, for example. So with that in mind, I look at teams like Arsenal and think, a bit like Spurs last season, they're going to be fresh come every weekend. But like Harry Kane, for the first time ever, we saw wasn't flogged last season. And come the end of the season, when right manager was in play, I can't believe I'm talking about Kane already with you, Sam. I shouldn't be going down this route, should <laughs> I? I? Have this people. It just happens to come up every time they speak to me. <laughs> It's like you, you looked at it and went, he's not having to play Champions League midweek, therefore he's fresh. And every weekend, look how good he is. And Arsenal are a team that will be a little bit fresher than some of the other bigger teams mm. because they won't be in the Champions League. So again, with the fixtures, and look, the fixture ticker has shown me one thing this morning. We talk about form and we talk about fixtures a lot. And most FPL managers are asked, are you a former fixtures? And the answer all of us should really give is probably both, right? Of course we are. But I do think I prioritise fixtures. And I think this morning's ticker has shown me that for sure. Mm. Fixtures are so important. And we want to chase those big calls from the premium teams playing the weak teams. And we can see we have it in Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City right at the top there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we look at that the top of that fixture ticker. And for me... There's a couple of clubs, you know, obviously there's the likes of Arsenal and Liverpool and Manchester City right at the top. Perfect, because they are going to be the premium players that you want to invest in, particularly Liverpool and Manchester City. But to see Wolves and Everton sitting there just behind them is almost a little bit of a gift for us as FPL managers. Because, I mean, don't mind about you, but when I'm setting up my FPL team for the start of the season, I'm always kind of thinking sort of five game weeks ahead. And and who can I bring in that's going to last me for the next few weeks and bring me good points? 
And to have teams like Wolves and Everton up there is ideal because they are going to be the teams that you can then target that will help with your budget. Because this is the other problem with having Arsenal and Liverpool, Manchester City, and then of course just behind them, Chelsea riding high at the top of the table. These are premium players. They're going to come with premium price tags. Everton and Wolves, I'd expect those players to come in at a slightly cheaper price point. You know, you can be looking at players then like Connor Cody, if Aint Norwood gets his starting spot again, then you've got some nice cheap options. They're probably not going to take that much of a price rise from what they were last season. So if we can bring in the likes of those guys, maybe the likes of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Anthony Gordon again at, at Everton, then suddenly we're able to build a squad which looks really nice for the first five game weeks and can really attack them. And it should be doable within a budget. Yeah, it should be. Um, more than ever, I feel like the premium options next season will be, there'll be more premium options than ever before that we really want in our teams. So we'll probably be trying to accommodate that extra one premium in every team. So let's say we usually go with three or four. We'll be going for four or five. Um, and with that in mind, we're going to need tons of enablers. And as you say, Wolves and Everton, you'll be able to get good 4.5 defenders. You'll be able to get good options in midfield for 5.5. Even Brentford, who were fairly high on the ticker, Brentford defensively last season, when Raya was fit, was very, very good. Like, Raya might be the goalkeeper we go to. If Raya's priced at 4.5, he might be the obvious goalkeeper option. Like, we like to go for 4.5 keepers. Do we think Jose Sarr at Wolves or Jordan Pickford at Everton will be 4.5? Probably not. But Raya might be. Um, so, again, we might have our, our, our set-and-forget goalkeeper there. Um, which is really interesting. We needed good fixtures for some of the weaker teams with uh, better priced assets and we've got it. Sorry, I just uh, realised I moved stuff around and then, of course, it caused absolute carnage. So I'm really sorry that you just then lost the ability to see us all together. Apologies for that, everybody. Um, I was going to resort the fixture ticker uh, so that we can have a little look at the bottom, which I'm going to do now. Nice. Um, then we'll have a yeah. I was I was hoping we'd see I was hoping we'd see like I don't know I was hoping we'd see Chelsea a little bit higher although that's still, still fairly high. I really wanted to see Spurs high in the ticker. Yeah. Um, so I'm disappointed there because I would actually thought if Spurs have a really nice run of fixtures, I had it in my head last night. Went to bed. I was like, if Spurs have a really nice opening to the season, I'm going to go Kane and Son. I'm going to go oh. big on Spurs because I just love Conte so journey. much. But now I've seen the fixtures, I'm I'm, I'm not there. I still might go double Spurs, though. It might go like a Son. And if we can get, if Perisic is a wing-back or listed as a defender um, and as a good price, that could be a nice defensive option. I do think Spurs will keep clean sheets this year. I mean, I certainly hope we will. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've resorted the fixture ticker. Hopefully that that's coming through, um, if it hasn't done so already. So now we can see uh, the worst start to the season. So right up the top um, with teams that have the worst start to the season is Bournemouth. Um, and this is something that I think that I was hoping we wouldn't see because we've got quite a few of the newly promoted teams. I mean, they're always they always have difficult starts to the season because, of course, they are the newly promoted clubs. But I was hoping that we might not see them quite as difficult as they are. Bournemouth with Manchester City, Arsenal and Liverpool as three of their opening five fixtures is just not a great start for the Cherries, is it? Johnny. Are you there? Did I lose you? I'll keep talking until he comes back. So, yeah, Bournemouth um, with Manchester City, Arsenal and Liverpool to start the season alongside Aston Villa and Wolves. They are really difficult fixtures. They are going to be a challenge. We might not see many points. Yeah, it's not. 
Oh, oh you're back. I lost you for so a minute. So I think we might have a slight, a few slight technical We've difficulties. I think the internet <laughs> might be lagging a tad. So bear with us, guys. I think I can hear you now. Can you hear me now? You there? Oh, I think you're back. Yes. Brilliant. Thank you, Kate. I'm there. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Um, <laughs> so Bournemouth. Sorry, I didn't. I don't know if that's my internet or. Could be that. Yes, Bournemouth. Okay, mine. so but. <laughs> So Bournemouth and Forest, both fairly low, right? Yeah. As you said, two newly promoted teams. And again, when we're looking at the enablers, we know we're going to get some good mid-priced or low assets that we spoke about Wolves and we spoke about um, a few other teams where we'll get four or five defenders or midfielders. What we were hoping for with Bournemouth and Forest is we're going to unearth those four million or one of those four million defensive gems. We don't know who that is yet, but obviously four million defensive gems is great but if the fixes are dreadful then we don't really want it mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's the problem isn't it is that i look at the bottom of the fixture ticker and there are certain clubs down there which are slightly disappointing to see so low i mean for me bournemouth the likes of harry wilson they were players that i was kind of thinking mm, you know they might be a nice option into into that bournemouth team southampton even being down there that's disappointing because james will prowse was a player that i was kind of eyeing up as a bit of a midfielder for this season because he's going to fit nicely into that movable position where you can I would expect you'll be able to jump around from him fairly easily and, and those are the players I like to target in the early part of the season alongside obviously having premiums everywhere as much as you can having those kind of mid to lower price players particularly in midfield is is perfect because you can move around now James Will Prowse because of his set piece threat, because he's you know got so many different routes to points at, at Southampton, he was a player that in the back of my mind I was thinking if the fixtures are good for Southampton to start the season, I might start with him because I can move elsewhere as as the fixtures progress and as we see form. Um, with them sitting third from bottom on the fixture ticket and with Spurs on the opening day, they've also got Manchester United and Chelsea in there. That is a horrible set of fixtures for Southampton in the early part of the season. Yeah, it really is. It's funny. I don't know why we always overlook James or Prowse. Because no. when you look at the total points every season, he delivers. And what was he, around 6.5? He won't have a price increase or much of one. I think last season he ended up with all those points and he was probably ranked, I don't know, the 15th best midfielder in the game around there. I think he actually lost value from his starting price, which is crazy. Like People just don't buy him because he's not seen as a sexy pick. But the set-piece set threat gets him tons of points. And last season, he was also on penalties. And I don't think he's ever been on penalties nope. before because the likes of Danny Ings were there. Um, and I think he got three or four pens. So Warprouse is an option. I just don't think he is now early on because those fixtures are dreadful. You mentioned... Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, but I think it's is it Leicester in there as well? Which in, yeah, in for the first five and Leeds isn't going to be easy either. No, exactly. They're really horrible fixtures, and I think you know when I'm thinking about my FPL team, and obviously it's difficult as you say because we don't have prices yet, we don't have the game live, but I have these kind of bank of players in the back of my head that I think I shouldn't overlook. And James Will Prowse is there every single year, and yet every single year I somehow manage to overlook him. Um, but this season, I think he's been particularly good. You know, he has, no. or the pre, you know in 2021 22, he's been particularly good, and, and his route to points has been that much greater, as you say, with the penalty threat also this time around. So it's a shame to see them down there. Um, I think there are other teams that is kind of interesting, isn't it? Because Newcastle's fixtures are, although they're sitting quite low on the fixture ticker, they are quite mixed. Obviously, they've got Manchester City in there and they've got Liverpool, which has massively swayed 
where they're going to be um, in terms of their early start to the season. But in the opening couple of games, they've got Newcastle, uh, they've got Nottingham Forest and they've got <laughs> Brighton and in there they've also got a game against Wolves. So depending upon what happens with Newcastle in the transfer window, even being low on the fixture ticker, they might not be a team to completely avoid altogether. Yeah, I think so. Um, what I like about Newcastle is we can identify some like rotating pairs with Newcastle players and Scout put out a really good Instagram post this morning. So check out Scout on Instagram, guys. But they put defensive rotation uh, on Brentford and Newcastle. Mm. And I thought to myself before the fixtures, I've got in the notes of my phone, one player I want to buy, if his price is good, is Trippier next mm. season. And Trippier is, I think will be a 5 million defender. You could rotate him with, say, a 4.5 Brentford defender. And they, if you go game weeks 1 to 10, one of them always has a nice game. So again, those rotating pairs, especially for your cheaper defenders, I think are a really nice thing to target. And for Newcastle, I think Trippier will be hot property. I think Callum Wilson, if fit, we know is always hot property. If Bruno Gamares is, is a is a four is a five million <laughs> midfielder, we might go there because of what he did in isolated instances last yeah, year, yeah, as sure. knows so well. Um so, and again, they'll probably go and buy one or two very well known FPL players that you know, Newcastle are going to be active in this transfer market. They're going to shop in Europe, but they'll also shop in the Premier League. Don't be surprised to see them buy a big name who's perhaps been a very good FPL asset in the past. And we go, yeah, we want them in now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for, for me, Newcastle, and, and you mentioned the rotating pairs there defensively at, at um, Newcastle and at Brentford. And, and you know, that you could also look at that in terms of Callum Wilson and, and, and Eve Antonio as well up top if, if Tony stays and there's been some rumours that he may not but I think he will and if and if he does then having those two rotating because I don't suspect that they you know they might get a, a bit of a price jump this summer but they might might not probably going to stay quite low particularly Wilson given that he was out for so much of last season with injuries um he could be a really nice option yeah. still so I think Newcastle they're a team that you know sometimes you look at the bottom end of the table and particularly with teams like like Bournemouth and Crystal Palace with the way that they start the season they're, they're teams that I'm just going to go okay I'm, I'm not going to look to invest in you in this early part of the season but when you start looking at Newcastle and you you take away those two really awful fixtures against United uh, sorry against City and Liverpool and you look at the other three fixtures that they have at that point they could still be really nice options as long as, as long as you use them well and you rotate and have a good squad in terms of the bench that you use. Yeah, and the bench is so key. Like, again, you might look at a couple of players and go, it's okay, the fixtures are dreadful because they're going to be my third sub for the yeah. first three weeks anyway. So, for example, I don't know, maybe you want, maybe there's a good Crystal Palace option. Because I Crystal Palace are one team I thought this season I'll probably go a little bit heavier on them than I did before. I think Vieira's done a great job. Yeah. I think that they're going to be a top half team. I think they're really good. But you look at the fixtures, Arsenal-Liverpool, and then they've got Man City game week four as well. But that doesn't matter too much if you're planning on using these guys as your third sub just by the way your the rest of your squad works. So again, do we want to be using our precious transfers on 4.5 defenders or 5.5 midfielders, which is probably where you're shopping if you're buying a Crystal Palace asset? Or do you want to be using your, your precious transfer each week on the higher priced assets from the better teams? Probably. So set your team up with the enabling players in your team, not worrying too much about fixtures, knowing you've got a bench for a reason. And then you can use your very precious transfers on players that you target with those nice blue fixtures from better teams each week. 
Oh, for sure. So I've just changed the fixture ticket ever so slightly. So now it's showing us the teams when we run it over the first 10 game weeks of the season, as opposed to just the first five. And I've done this at this point because we've spent a bit of time now talking about Brentford and how they can rotate in nicely with Newcastle, particularly in those cheap defender slots, but also potentially up top with, with Wilson and Tony. But when you have a look at Brentford's fixtures over the opening 10 game weeks, there they are, right at the top of the fixture ticker, because they don't really play any of the massive, well, they don't play any of last season's top four. They do have Arsenal in there, but other than that, it is a really nice period of fixtures for Brentford. And they are a team that maybe um, FPL managers might overlook somewhat, simply because it's the second season in the Premier League. They might not offer quite as much value as they did last season. In seasons gone by, it's normally the, the promoted sides that offer us the greatest value, particularly early on in the season. So I think most of us are expecting that there might be a few price increases for some of those Brentford players. So they might not be quite as cheap as they were last season. But those fixtures look highly investable, don't they? Yeah. And I worry with newly promoted teams with the whole second season syndrome and that second season bounce. I think we saw it with the likes of Huddersfield and, yeah. and, and teams like that where second season they really struggled. But I don't think Brentford are going to fall into this category. And we saw it with Leeds. They nearly went down last season, but we finished 10th the first season. Um, I think Brentford are going to do all right. And I, th I think their recruitment is so strong that they just seem to, they've got a very good manager and they seem to buy the right players using data very well, as we know that team does. But I look at Brentford and think, OK, the, one of the reasons why they looked so good at the end of last season was Christian Eriksen. Now, Eriksen isn't going to stay at Brentford. He's pretty much said as much. So for me, it comes down to who's going to be that Eriksen replacement? Because there will be an Eriksen replacement. They will realise they're a much better team with that creative type of attacking number eight or number 10 in the team. And I'm really interested to see who comes in there, because I think whoever's in that role could potentially be a very good FPL asset. We, of course, know we've got Tony we can rely on. I think he'll have a little price increase, though. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tony at 7.5, like he was that no, good. In and around Watkins, um, probably, where Watkins was at the start yeah. of last season. Yeah, with the penalty appeal as well. And, and Brentford do get penalties. I don't know. Off the top of my head, Tony got four or five pens last season. Um, um, Bermo's an interesting one. Um, but defensively as well, when they've got their first choice back five fit and goalkeeper back six fit, they're a very good defensive team. And I think Rea will be on many of our radars, but maybe even the wingbacks there as well. We know they play very attacking football with their wingbacks. So Brentford are definitely going to be a team I look at. Um, but again, it's looking at the prices because they were good last year. Some of those defenders we want to be 4.5 might just be 5 million. Yeah. And therefore we might be priced out. Tony might be 7.5. We go, that's too much for him. Even, you know, Mbomo or Wissa, players that have done well in, in patches, they might not be your five millions anymore. They might be your 6.5s. So err on the side of caution, but definitely investigate further with that team. I think Raya, because of his injury, will still be 4.5. And I've got a sneaky suspicion he will be the best 4.5 goalkeeper option. Mm. And a quick word on Aston Villa, because they sit fifth on the fixture ticker when we when we run it through to game week 10. They've got that sort of slightly nasty looking period right in the middle there where they play Arsenal and Manchester City. Um, but otherwise, the fixtures look quite nice for, for Aston Villa. And I think, you know, they could be a team that offers some good value for money as well. Obviously, we know um, that... A lot of them took a price rise on the back of the 2021 season, you know, the likes of, of Martinez in goal and Watkins, because they had such a fantastic season a couple of years ago. They took a big price jump for the season that we've just had. I don't know that their season last year necessarily 
will reflect in big price jumps going into this season. So we might see some stability in terms of Aston Villa and, and the prices that they come into the game at. So I'm looking at those fixtures thinking, if I can get some cheaper options in the defence, or you know, if Jacob Ramsey still stays as a nice enabling option, they could be good benchable options for those two weeks where they've got the tough fixtures, but you might want to play them around those other fixtures that they have. Yeah, that... They are recruiting very well. Like yeah. Gerard's been given money to spend and they're buying players that like Aston Villa probably used to shop in, you'd say they shopped in Tesco's. They're not quite shopping in MS now, but they're, they're definitely Sainsbury's and above. Like they're competing, <laughs> they're competing with like, they're buying players who are, who are sort of being linked with Champions League or Europa League teams and they end up going to Aston Villa. So you're looking and think, okay, like they mean business and, I don't quite know the standout FPL options there just yet. Like Coutinho could become a, an amazing option if he rediscovers that consistency, which yeah. we've not seen since he left Liverpool. But the fullbacks with Gerard, we know he likes his fullback sky high. We saw it at Rangers and we've seen glimpses of it with Cash and Dean. But now they would have had a whole preseason on the on the training ground. Yeah. I think Cash and Luca Dean will be encouraged to get forward even more we'll see Gerard's style of play come to fruition even more and I think the fullbacks are probably where the value is because we know the fullbacks won't be super expensive the clean sheet appeal is there a little bit but the attacking returns for those fullbacks is far greater than the attacking returns of fullbacks at most teams and therefore Dean and Cash are, are both going to be on my radar when we see those prices all right, well, I can't not talk to you about Chelsea because they sit just below Aston Villa mm-hmm. in the fixture ticker. And I think for most people going into this season, for me anyway, the, the immediate picks that stand out for, for Chelsea are, are the defensive ones. Um, they are the ones that I've kind of got the most faith in. Obviously, there's you know, Reese James. But there has been a lot of change or potential change still to come even with the Chelsea defence. Obviously, Rudiger having gone. Um, Chilwell coming back from injury. So there's going to be some decisions that FPL managers have to make but I look at the fixtures the way that they've come out and think I do think I want to be going with one of those wing back options yeah people forget I think Chelsea were top of the league early December until Chilwell and James both got injured (laughs) (laughs) like they were they were being talked about as potential title winners yeah as recently as the end of November, early December. And when and at the time, Chilwell and James were both fit. And when Chilwell and James are on form, that Chelsea team is completely different. It changes absolutely everything. And if Chilwell and James are fit, not only are Chelsea serious contenders, and they're going to be winning games 2-3-4-0, but also they're, they're two amazing FPL assets. And I think this is going to be a season where we see big at the back. Um, and I think if Chilwell and James are fit and doing well, we could be faced with a position where we're playing with back fours or maybe even back fives. And perhaps four of those back five are kind of six millions and above because Chilwell, James, Cancelo, Trent, perhaps a Spurs wing back, perhaps Trippier. You know, there's so many good options there. Um, But outside of that, seven defenders at this rate. (laughs) Well, who knows what we're going to even see when the game comes out? Like, would I be surprised if there were some smaller tweaks than, than changing how many defenders you can have, but maybe chips or whatever. I don't know. Um, there's been a lot of speculation and we'll probably find out in the next week or so whenever the game is out. But I can't wait to see that. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little refresh. But I look at the Chelsea fixtures, Sam. And when I look at a team's fixtures, I, I, I like to look at either home and away because obviously playing at home is so much more favourable for every club, pretty much. And obviously on the fixture ticket here, guys, lowercase means away, uppercase means home. I'm sure most of you know that. The Chelsea home fixtures, 
which is what the ones you want to be good aren't that good. No. So it's Tottenham, Leicester, West Ham, Liverpool. Like they're very difficult home games. The easier fixtures are away, but then that by nature they're more difficult because they're away from home. Yeah. So I can't see many three, four nil wins for Chelsea or potential three, four nil wins. Because what we should do as FPL managers is always look at the ceiling. Yeah. So when I look at a fixture, I'm not just saying a Man City going to win that. Or is Chelsea going to win that? I'm saying, can I see a 4-0 win? And if so, I'm looking at captaincy, I'm looking at transfers in, I'm looking at doubling up. And with those Chelsea games, because the good fixtures are away from home, very few of them can I go, yeah, that could be a 3-4 four, four yeah. goals. Yeah. I'm not seeing that, which yeah. is a shame. Yeah, and I, and I think actually that can also be said for, for Spurs, right? Because you look at the Spurs fixtures and yeah. actually over the first 10 game weeks, they sit really low on the fixture ticker, which for most of us will be, for me especially, that will be disappointing because I think, you know, you said at the beginning of the stream I was looking at potentially doubling up on Kane and Son this summer um, because that's something that you really only do those make those decisions at this point, isn't it? Or on a wild card when you can kind of rip things up and start yeah. again. So... I look at the Spurs fixtures and when I had them over the first five, I was like, mm, I mean, they're not ideal. There's a couple of difficult games in there, particularly the Chelsea game. And there are teams in there that we don't always do particularly well against. Um, and then, you know, you roll it forward a little bit further and, and you start to see there's a North London derby there. There's Manchester City there. It certainly doesn't look like a run of form for Spurs where I would be wanting to spend well, the double-up money on Kane and Son. I'm expecting yeah. Kulisevsky to take a huge price jump this summer from where he was last year. So it doesn't look... I can't believe we're going to get a really nice, cheap Kulisevsky that's going to be the, the perfect it's option. It's going to be 8 million, isn't he? I think so, yeah, probably. Because I'm expecting I'm expecting Son to be north of 10 million this, this, uh, this time around. And then, of course, Kane. I can't really see that there's going to be much change in his price from last season. Um... So you look across that team and you think, I'm not sure that there's, I'm not, I'm not sure that there's scope for the massive, the massive investment there, particularly with the fixtures the way they are. And then you look at the the fixtures and you think, okay, if there's some cheap Spurs defenders, then actually maybe there is an option here because we do have some nice rotating yeah. fixtures in there because you know we have Southampton at home on the opening day. There's Forest in there. There's Fulham in there. Uh, there's Brighton in there. So maybe defensively. If there's budget options available at Spurs, you could go in with one of them. But even the likes of Eric Dyer, I can see taking a price rise from last season because he had a great season last year and actually from an FPL perspective, did quite well in terms of points over the course of the season. So I don't see Spurs as being, God, this really pains me to say it, but I don't really see Spurs being that high on FPL managers' radars this summer because the first 10 weeks, they're not the best. Yeah, I'm with you. I, th I do think everyone will go Son just because he was that good last year. But outside of that, it's Son plus a defender. I think that's what it will. Or maybe you'll go Kane plus a defender if you fancy it. But I think Son will be cheaper than Kane. Will Son be a forward? We don't know. Um, but regardless, if he's cheaper than Kane, whether he's midfielder or forward, I think many will go there. And then the defensive option is really interesting because Conte is going to go and buy a right back. Yep. He's going to have two good left wing back options and two good right wing back options. And historically, we know Conte, sure, he'll have his first choice left and right wing backs, but the second choice left and right wing back will still start That'll 10 Premier League games. Yeah, so they will get game time because he asks so much of them. You, they can't play week in, week out. Um, 
So it comes down to what price date these guys will be. And then you look at the centre-backs and go, OK, yeah, we were able to get Ben Davies and we're able to get Dyer at 4.5 last season. Well, that, they won't be 4.5s again. Can't see that. And Dyer's an interesting one, Sam, because he never scores them. I remember him scoring one for England against uh, Russia in Marseille in the Euros. I was actually at the game. <laughs> Uh, but free kick, free kicks, like yeah. Dyer has been on dead balls. Yep. He's been on direct free kicks. So again, there's that little incentive there. He's an aerial threat at Son's free kicks or Son's corners. Yep. So if Dyer's even a flat five million, he might be someone we look at because all the other Spurs defenders, the wing backs, the goalkeeper, that'll be more than five million. Sure. So five million would still be seen as value, yeah. I think. It'd just be really interesting, won't it? Because I think, you know, Kane, I almost think with the fixtures coming out, will be forgotten by FPL managers because, you know, you look at Manchester City with Haaland and the fixtures that they have to start the season, perfect. You look at Liverpool, um, obviously they've signed Nunes with the fixtures they have to start the season. If he's going to start regularly, and I guess that's an if because they've got so many forwards, if... You know, they've still got Firmino there. We don't know what's going to happen with Mane, although I do suspect that Mane will leave this summer. But so many options at Liverpool. But Nunes could be there in, in the option category. Obviously, at Manchester United, they sit quite low on the ticker as well. But we still shouldn't rule out Ronaldo. There's a lot of premium forwards. And I think that the majority of managers will look at these fixtures and go, well, look, I've got Haaland playing for the champions in this really nice fixture run. I'm probably going to go there to start the season. Now, could this be another Werner Mark too, like we all did a couple of seasons back where we all kind mm-hmm. of went, well, Chelsea have got the nicest fixtures and, and Werner is going to be brilliant, so let's go there. Like, I guess we'll have to wait and see how Haaland plays in, in pre-season stuff. But for me, of the four, yeah. of the premium forwards looking at the fixtures, he seems to be the one that I would be targeting over my beloved Harry Kane. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if Haaland isn't priced crazy high, which I don't think he will be because players coming into the game never are mm. so let's say he's 11 million I think that'll be cheaper than KDB um, I think I think Haaland might go into game week one knowing we've seen these fixtures this is a bold call here I think he might go in as the second highest owned player in the game after Salah I think I think he could have 35 40% ownership Salah at 50% Haaland at 40% I wouldn't be surprised at all however if he doesn't play well in pre-season or he isn't starting games in pre-season or get, doesn't get a huge amount of minutes in pre-season, then that would be my only concern because the way Pep plays football is he needs his number nines playing a very unique role. And this is a very different role to what Haaland has played at Dortmund, For who sure. play hugely on the counter-attack. So it's going to take a little bit of time on the training ground. That's not to say I don't think he's going to be starting straight away. I think he probably will be. But in terms of being up and running and at full speed, we might want to err on the side of caution a little bit if we don't see the preseason minutes. But I'm sure we will. He is fit. He did well for Norway the other day. He doesn't have a World Cup this year either. He has had a lot of injury issues, but in a way you could look at that and go, yes, he's still 21 years old. He's still rowing and he's had a little bit of time out, so he's fresh and ready to go. Um, and he's had a summer off with no international tournament. So I think I think everything will point in his direction. Yeah, for sure. I am. Um, I totally agree with you. Uh, oh, and I've I've done it again. Look, I've forgotten to put the fixture. Uh, I've forgotten to put our webcams across. So two seconds, everybody, while I just live in play, uh, move these around. 
absolute nightmare I am today. Fair play for doing it live. That's honestly you good know, going on the live. And by the way, Sam, we had some comments in the chat about your red hair earlier. It, some nice comments in the chat about your red hair. I mean, I don't. I was saying to Gianni before. <clears throat> I actually don't really know what's happened because my hair actually hasn't changed colour. But apparently, uh, on on the stream, it has. So it must be something to do with my webcam. Yeah, it's like ginger spice vibes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should like, you know, go... I did actually once have hair that was this red. Maybe I should... um... Maybe should go there again. Um, Right, so we'll just change the side again. Sorry, there you are. We are in now so they can still see us. Um, It's been been a bit of a saga, this stream, hasn't it? As is going to come back and go, you two, I don't trust you ever again. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) Anyway, we've we've got to this point, so we've done well. Um... What I wanted to shout out to FPL Reactions. FPL Reactions is joining us as part of the FF Scout team this summer. Um, we are delighted to have him. And he did some amazing work this morning where he basically went through all of the fixtures and pulled out for every team the best periods of fixtures that they have across the whole season, the worst periods of fixtures that they have across the season, and then the standout fixture period. So I've stolen, and apparently I can't spell Arsenal either in this table, but hey, apologies for that again. Um, I have also um, been through and I have taken each of the team's standout fixtures for you so you can see them here. And I think what that highlights to me most clearly is that there are clubs that you're going to want to be investing in and there's some really nice fixture swings that are going to happen this summer. So, you know, you look at Arsenal there between game week one and game week eight, really, really nice sets of fixtures. And then from there, game week nine onwards, you get Leicester with a really nice run of fixtures. So if you're talking about maybe the likes of Saka for the early part of the season, it's then a nice jump across to maybe somebody like Madison from game week nine onwards. And then from game week 13, you, you can switch again. Manchester United then go on a nice run of fixtures. So if Bruno Fernandes, although I'm expecting him to be more money, is in, in better form this season, then maybe you move across to him. All of this stuff for me is something that makes fixture day the best thing when it comes to planning FPL teams because you start to look at this and then when you're creating that team whenever the game launches in however many weeks it is till the game goes live you then have this idea in the back of your head about oh these are the teams that are coming forward and you know Brentford it would be easy looking at the fixture ticket to ignore them but actually from game week three to game week 15 fantastic fixtures so having them in from game week one and benching them makes a lot of sense yeah Think so. I I love this chart, Sam. This I didn't see Louis tweet earlier, oh, so Louis. seeing yeah, he's seeing that is awesome. Um, and I love the fact that when you straight away, my eyes go to Chelsea, Liverpool, City, and Spurs, like the four best teams in the league. Um, I don't know, seventy five percent of my FPL team might be made up of those four teams yeah. where possible, right? And they've all got their best spells at different times, which is straight away like that's a big tick. Then I see Man City, game week 30 to 36, end of the season, title to win. That's their best, that's the triple city territory. Oh, and by the way, that's when we're going to be using our double game week, our chips around double game weeks and stuff, 30 to 36. That's really, really nice. So yeah, good to see that. Like Liverpool 13 to 20, at a completely different time to City. Chelsea before that, 9 to 17. Spurs after that at, at, at 27 to 32. So it's like you go... Okay, Chelsea have their best, then Liverpool, then Spurs, then City. It's really nice, that flow, because they are the four best teams with the four best 
uh, assets from the four best teams. So yeah. uh, that works very well indeed. I mean, it's really nice, isn't it? Because, you know, Lewis, bless him, it's, it's amazing work to have done this because I, I saw this go out about 10 o'clock this morning and I thought that is fantastic work, Lewis, because that, that is, is. Uh, <laughs> that is quick. Um, and it's, for each team, and I showed the Arsenal ones in the tweet there, you can see them. He's also broken down because there are obviously other nice fixture periods for these teams. These aren't the only ones, but these are kind of the longest fixture periods of really nice fixtures for each of these clubs. So you can also target them at other points. And, and then he highlights the worst fixtures as well. So you can see where you would want to get on and off of them. And I think sitting down and having a think about what Lewis has said in his tweet and head over to Twitter and have a look at it um, is really helpful because it then means that whenever the game does go live, you have in the back of your head, right, these are the players for this point. And I don't know about you, Johnny, but when I'm setting up my team, I am always thinking, all right, game week five, I might want to wholesale change this. It might be coming up yeah. to wildcard time. And yeah. and then who would I be targeting? And, and I look at those fixture swings that happen in and around that period. And, you know, obviously Bournemouth then have a really nice run of fixtures. So do Newcastle. A couple of games later, you've got West Ham in game week seven going on a nice little run there. Fulham at that point too. And obviously we've already mentioned Brentford. So you can kind of start to think about, well, how are these the sorts of clubs that I do want to target on a wild card? Because those clubs that I've just ruled off aren't necessarily the teams that I would have gone, oh yeah, on a wild card, I really want to invest in Brentford and and, uh, and Bournemouth. Maybe they are, but actually I'm, I'm looking for a time where I'm thinking, all right, there's some really nice periods of fixtures coming up for the big clubs or the sort of middle of the table clubs that could be the clubs that we you know, go really well this season, a bit like West Ham did a couple of seasons ago, and I'd want to be really invested in them. So for me, this is one of the most helpful things that I've seen on Fix today so far. Um, so thank you, FPL Reactions. Um, he's F- at FPL Reactions over on Twitter, so go and have a little look at his tweet. Yeah, I love that. Fair play, um, Lewis. Well done. Like I think the it was what's interesting is Bournemouth and Newcastle both were really low in the first five fixtures on the FDR. Yep. Like Sam showed us at the start of the stream, Bournemouth and Newcastle were really low. And we were disappointed about that. Like Bournemouth, because there'll probably be a nice four million enabler, maybe one or two others. But Newcastle, a team I think we're all looking at as going, they, there'll be some value there because they, they've been so good under Eddie Howe. But knowing their best spells now coming game week five to, so, so for Bournemouth five to 12 and for Newcastle five to 10. Okay. Let's not completely forget about them in that fixed difficulty rating because if we don't wildcard um, early, then these players might just be bench fodder until then. Um, so definitely worth considering and still looking at them and not just looking at the first five because that second five, five to ten, can still be really valuable if we don't wildcard. And with the World Cup, I don't know if we're going to see so many early wildcards because usually I think we have a, um, a, a big international break. I think we might want to hold it for the World Cup knowing the World Cup comes before game week 21 when you get your 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 second wild card um, and we might need to be using that wild card a little bit later this year but who knows and maybe we just take a four or eight point hit earlier. I mean that's the really interesting thing isn't it and this is part of the reason I am now really excited for the game to go live because we don't really know what FPL is going to look like this season like do we are we going to need a wild card are they going to bring wild card window yeah. further forward so that it coincides with the world cup ending are they going to do like they did in project restart give us unlimited transfers who knows 
what the game is yeah. going to look like when it launches. So I think all you can do with the fixtures at the moment is just plan for what teams you're going to be targeting where. Because if you plan it carefully enough, you should be able to get through without a wild card early on. And then that will leave you in a better position towards the World Cup and, and towards com- and coming out of the World Cup as well um, to make those changes. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Exciting times. Exciting times. Gianni, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you guys for watching. Obviously, there is loads of reaction and information about the fixtures and the fixture release over on the Fantasy Football Scout website. Uh, Neil's done some amazing work this morning on, on the different fixtures and who to target. Johnny and I, I'm sure we'll be back at some point in pre-season, hopefully with as hosting the streams because this has been quite stressful. But we have made no. it. <laughs> I think you've done a great job, Sam. Great. It's been good to stream with you and good to be back doing streams. Like I, Sam's going to be doing streams of course throughout the season just so you guys know i'm still going to be doing my weekly team reveal with as uh, obviously come game week one starts which is great the highlight of my week just fun chatting with him um and before that we're going to q a again right this season absolutely the q a was so fun at the end of last year yeah and we raised good money for charity as well so yeah. well done you guys for, for doing that um so yeah it, it'll be great and if you're in the chat guys i might see some of you and sam we haven't spoken about it but i'm hoping to see you on the 5th of august at fest as oh, well so there. that'll be for game week one that'll be for the deadline now we know we've got a friday night game as well arsenal palace that will be deadline day and um, that'll be really great content on stage. I've just put a tweet in the chat. We've just tweeted our pro- promo video on the Fest account, Ooh. which was which was done at the last event. And it's, uh, I only saw it for the first time last night. Ed's brother did it and it's awesome. You're in it, Sam. Am I? Oh, goodness. You are? I don't know about that. I'll, I'll go and have a look. No, I'm... A fest is one of those things that as soon as the next date gets announced, it goes in my calendar and I will be there with bells on, um, with Lee, of course, um, nice. probably on the stage because Gianni will probably text me and go, Sam. I will. Would you mind? And I'll go, <laughs> of course, Gianni, as long as I I'm will. You're, okay. <laughs> you're our absolute go-to. Like we, we're, we're never sure how, how many people we want on the stage or what to do on stage, but Mark obviously being the founder and just a godfather of FPL oh, yeah. and Sam being the queen of FPL, <laughs> it's like you guys are just nailed on the stage I'll and then we're that. trying to work around that. The queen of FPL. <laughs> On that note, I think that's the perfect way to end this stream. Thanks so much for watching, everybody, and we'll see you soon.